Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night Show. Uh, here in studio with us, we have Governor David Patterson, Judge Weinberg, John Katzmatidis, and myself, Lydia. On the line, we have New York Post reporter in Albany, Zach Williams. You just had a great column that came out regarding Governor Hochul's nomination of a chief judge. Uh, Zach Williams, uh, Judge Weinberg, you're very passionate about this subject, so take it away. Zach, I read your article. It's a terrific article. I think the governor has a real problem. Uh, eight Democrats saying they're not going to support her nominee. Uh, this is going to be a split amongst the Hispanics because some of the uh, sp- Hispanic legislators are also progressives. That means that she's going to have to get some help from the Republicans. Am I right? I think you very well are. And by the way, as of Friday afternoon, we're now at nine Democrats. Now, there's 43 of them that are going to be in the state Senate, and she'll need 32 of them now. If your math is like mine, that means she can uh, take up to 11 Democratic defections and still get her nomination of Hector LaSalle through the state Senate. But at this point, it seems like she's going to need at least a few Republican votes. And the problem is, why would Republicans want to give her a win on this? Now, on the one hand, you could say, well, if LaSalle is too conservative for progressives, maybe he's a little attractive to Republicans who undoubtedly uh, wouldn't probably like who Hochul's second choice might be. Um, but that said, you know, Republicans say they're going to take it, take a look at it, see what comes of it. But Hochul um, is just in a really tough spot. It's not just progressive lawmakers. It's organized labor that's against her. Some of the most powerful labor unions in AFL. the states, you know, the AFL-CIO, 1199-32BJ, the Carpenters. These are groups that helped Hochul win that full term in we office have two. and presumably are looking for favors. You have two problems here. First problem is that if they reject this nominee, there are going to be costs uh, to be paid politically amongst the Latino population. And the person who's nominated next is more left. That'll be a win for the progressives, which is not good for the state because you don't need to have the New York Court of Appeals governed by political ideologues. It has to be a fair and honest judiciary. The other problem is going to be that you have a situation where she'll have a big loss, which will weaken her in the in the years ahead. You know, I think you're spot on right there. And, you know, we the governor, ever since she took over for Andrew Cuomo in late 2021, has really been trying to balance all these different constituencies in hopes of winning that full term in office. And, you know, you had the progressives, you had the centrists, you had you know, big business and labor groups. And I think what we're really seeing is, you know, the inevitable happening. You can't please everyone. Now, Latinos, you know, prominent leaders like Ruben Diaz Jr., for example, have been aghast over the past year with a lack of representation in city and state offices. That's one reason why Hochul appointed Robert Rodriguez as secretary of state. But on the other hand, you know, you try to please one group in Albany and then you got two more that are upset with her. And right now that is organized labor and progressive lawmakers. And um, especially when you get those unions involved, it just really makes it difficult for a governor to work against them. And, I, you know, right now, um, Hochul has a couple weeks to kind of figure out the situation. But, you know. With seemingly, you know, more Democratic senators by the hour announcing they're not going to vote for LaSalle, we might very well see this nomination withdrawn before it even becomes official. Zach, this is David Patterson. I'm uh, thinking about the process. Even before the 
appointment of the chief judge, there were a number of groups that wrote letters about the commission that was set up to pick the seven judges that were eligible. And it was more than I've ever seen prior to a nomination. So whoever the nomination was, it was going to be somewhat controversial. Did the governor see this coming or did you as a reporter see this coming? Because I did, because I signed one of the letters. Um, And unfortunately, some legislators, and this is just to me, the height of ignorance, when they wrote the letters complaining about the process, they wrote the names of the judges they wanted considered, outing them publicly and hurting their reputations when they'd done nothing wrong. Oh, you know, you, you know more about these things than I do, surely, from, from lived experience. But I think what we are seeing is, you know, whether uh, whatever happened, the rollout of this nomination could not have pretty much gone worse for, for the governor than it has. You know, uh, a lot of these groups and um, and members of the state Senate, for that matter, you know, made it pretty clear early on that um, while they might not like all seven of those nominees, LaSalle particularly was just too far to the right for them. So you would have thought maybe just maybe that, you, you know, you float you float uh, float the name a little bit. You, you listen to people you talk. You know, certainly the governor was having these conversations with people, you know, more than a few people, you know, kind of winked and said, yes, you know. They are asking these questions about these different candidates, you know, who, you know, what are their credentials, who might be for them, who might be against them. And, you know, as soon as LaSalle's name was was nominated, we saw, you know, all a bunch of Latinos line up and say, we like this, this selection. But just as quickly, we saw, um, you know, some real trouble for the governor. And you just got to ask, you know, how much preparation and how much feeling out did she or her team really do on this? You know, Zach, in 2008, when Judge Judith Kay, the late Judge Judith Kay, stepped down, I uh, it was believed by the commission that I was going to to appoint Carmen Saperic, who was a judge on the Court of Appeals and would have become the first Hispanic chief judge. And I can tell you now, 14 years later, though I never said anything at the time, yes, that was who I wanted to nominate. So what they did was they left her off the committee of the uh, group of seven that they selected. So there has been... Uh, you know, some negotiating and I would say corrupt practices on how this has all come together in the past. But this is the most sensational of uh, an appointment reaction I've ever seen. But they started well, and, off. And I think you, I think you, you ra- the selection process itself was already leaving progressives miffed. There was some really good reporting by New York Focus the other day that pointed out that some of the um, you know, more liberal justices on the Court of Appeals, they wanted to apply for this job, too, and their names mysteriously did not make it into the seven. You know, they're on the Court of Appeals, too. You would think uh, they might be, uh, you know, at least a couple of them, but uh, none of them made the list, and a lot of progressives were already uh, a little bit suspicious of what that would mean for who Ockel would ultimately pick, and it seems like their worst fears were confirmed with with LaSalle. Yeah, but the, the ideological posturing and the the lobbying to get names that certain names are acceptable and certain names are unacceptable is really not the way you should be appointing judges, especially we, the we highest court. A, of guys, case. we have about a minute left. Uh, let's go on to uh, any other uh, – besides uh, on my list, I had George Santos, if you had any opinions. I had uh, uh, what's going on with the uh, uh, Chinese the assembly, Kai Chang uh, from uh, the Assembly. assembly. And, and anything's on your list. 
<laughs> well, I'd just say really quick, um, A, keep an eye out for, for bills that Hochul might sit, sign in the final days of the year. There's still a couple big ones out there. Um, but as for um, Lester Chang, you know, um, however it ends up, you know, politics do not always equal, uh, you know, what, what's politically smart is not always necessarily the fair thing, the right thing or whatever it is. But but Lester Chang um, you know, as a Republican, he was elected to represent a district in Brooklyn. And Asian Americans are up in arms right now about the fact that Asian or Asian, uh, Assembly Democrats are uh, on the brink of voting to deprive him of the seat that he won over allegations that he really lives in Manhattan. Now, we might remember just in the election a few weeks ago that Asian Americans really were starting to continue their movement to Republicans. And, you know, when I think of what's going on with Lester Chang, I just think of what happened um, a couple of years now, I mean, it's a decade ago, with um, Peter Liang, the NYPD officer. That was a really good, he was accused of shooting a Kai Gurley in a NYCHA project many years ago. And um, a lot of Asian Americans were, were missed then that of all the NYPD officers involved in shootings, it was one of their own who was, um, as they argued, being made a scapegoat. And they're seeing the same thing right now with Lester Chang. You know, of all, of all the legislators who may or may not live in their district, it just so happens that the one that the Assembly Democrats are coming down hard on is an Asian American, and they just don't think that's fair. You know, and as for George Santos, you know, <laughs> you know he was supposedly the first openly gay Republican, Latino, Jewish guy from Na from Queens and NASA ever elected to the House of Representatives. And now we're finding out um, all of that or some of it may be true, maybe none of it. Well, he was married um, and got divorced. And something. now he, he's <laughs> is he not Jewish? <laughs> well, apparently he said that his that some of his relatives uh, were, you know, escaped the Holocaust. And I believe it was Jewish Insider the other day found that that story might not add up either. So long story short, you know. Uh, he claimed all these things, and now nobody knows what's true. Somebody put his, you know, George Santos with a question mark. Is that his well, real name? I guess we're going to uh, find out next week uh, when he says he'll that's right. know, finally say something. He said that uh, he will talk about it next week. And when asked why he has to wait until next week, he revealed that he is Santa Claus. Ah, oh, there oh you go. Well, wow. Friday, Friday news dump. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God! Have a great holiday weekend and a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating, and God bless you. And I hope New York survives. <laughs> Thanks so much. You all take care. Thank, Thank you. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.